Welcome back to Don't Cut a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. Today we're starting another very long book that I'm very excited for, which is Rhythm of War, book four of the Stormlight Archive. Okay. Um, first, we've got a warm-up slash, slash info about the pod. So we, we talked about this a little bit last episode, um, but good news, everyone. We are starting a Patreon mainly for the goal of uh helping us helping us fund the show largely purely purely that uh jo- i joked around a little bit last time about us finally finally making some cash off the show uh no it's all for the show so um if you're interested in supporting the show financially check out the patreon we do have some kind of offers for folks if they want to give to uh some money to us there you'll get some for it all right even more than we already give you we're just givers that that's way right. that's right so check it out there's a link in the show description for the patreon we're on there is don't call it a book club so you also should just be able to find it if you search for us on patreon yeah yeah so check it out check it out uh check out our goals tiers and benefits and yeah we'll see you on there all right, all right. Now that we've we're done shilling our our Patreon, Luke, we got to get to what the people want, and that yes. is Big Bang Theory content. All right, <laughs> pure pure BBT content. We've decided to pivot. We're making a Patreon, and now we're only doing Big Bang Theory episodes. So welcome, uh, <laughs> Luke. I'll say this: I watched the episode twice. Ooh, okay, hang on. Let's so let's give context. Last episode, uh, we talked about my love for the Big Bang Theory and and why it's bad. <laughs> uh, I was not swayed, and Dan volunteered to watch an episode of the Big Bang Theory that I have chosen for him. Mm-hmm. And now we're gonna get a, what a re- a review. What it would. I'm just going to give thoughts. I'm going to give thoughts on it. Okay. Because I was not super familiar with Big Bang Theory, aside from criticism of Big Bang Theory. So now I have seen an episode that Luke recommended. The episode, season three, episode eight. I can't remember the title. Something about duckies. uh, Adhesive ducks. Which is an episode I haven't seen in a while, but I remember it being funny. So, So I'm curious to hear what you say. Okay. So I watched it twice. Uh, because okay. I was, I'm going to be good news or very bad news. I'm thorough. Luke, I watched it twice. I also rewatched the videos that Kai dynamite has been telling you to watch because I was like, I had been okay. a while since I seen these videos. So I'm going, I'm fresh on this. Luke. Okay. Okay. I, I will also say me, uh, we had a, l- a good back and forth, uh, me and Kai dynamite on our Reddit, actually very good discussion. Check I out, love the check discussion subreddit. on the red, on yep. the Reddit. Uh, and Luke, here's another twist for you. The second time I watched it, Spanish dub. <laughs> That's not a joke. Why? Because I wanted to see how often they use a laugh track. Okay. Because I was like, if I don't really understand the jokes, then I can really know 
how much the laugh track is influencing me here. And I will say, so, so we have a so we have a control variable. I will say I was like kind of encouraged to laugh. Like I was laughing at some things with the laugh track in Espanol that I don't know if I actually thought it was funny if I was just like simpatico laughing with. Now, I will say it was kind of funny in Spanish because it was like this familiar dialogue that I knew, but spoken like by completely new people. Sure. So it was kind of a valuable experience, I think, watching in Spanish. Um, I didn't learn very much at all. Aside from the fact that there is a good amount of laugh track, like okay. quite a bit. Um, I'm going to start with the good. Okay. I I kind of like Sheldon. Okay. Like I kind of like, as in you think he's funny or you like him as a person? I think his character is funny. Okay. I kind of think his character is funny. The two things that like kind of got me with Sheldon. Okay. I'll say this. Uh, the episode's cut in half. One half is them camping. One half is Sheldon and Penny dealing with a crisis. Mm-hmm. The Sheldon and Penny bits I found much funnier than the camping bits. Yeah, to be honest, I remember the Sheldon and Penny bits because that's the funny part of the episode. I don't remember the other stuff. Okay. The two bits that got me with the Sheldon uh, were he is like referencing mythology. So he's like helping Penny change because she has dislocated her shoulder and he's referencing mythology to all these men who aren't supposed to look at naked women but do and it turns out poorly for them i don't know why that got me when he's like she's like naked in front of him and he's like oh i wouldn't look because all these people in ancient mythology looked and it turned out bad for them i just was i kind of loved it i kind of thought that was funny okay uh and then the other one which is just stupid but i appreciated it was when he's in the car and he's like has to adjust his side mirror <laughs> and then he's like it takes forever because he's just like slowly doing it with the electric motor he does that right. and then he's like okay now to adjust the seat he adjusts the seat and then he's like oh wait now i gotta adjust the side mirror again classic it was very good i appreciated that um so i thought sheldon was kind of funny okay good um hmm let's see I think that might be, uh oh, yeah, that might be it that I appreciated about the about the episode. All right, so here's cool. what I'm gonna say. Here's what I'm gonna say. I didn't understand some of it. For example, at the end, they like committed so hard to singing a song about a kitty, and I can tell it's a callback to something that they have done previously. Mm. Yeah. I feel like even as a callback. The amount of laugh track they put on them singing this song about a kitty, too much. I I think that I I now remember that it is a callback, um, and it's more of a sweet moment that is for some reason they I guess put a ton of they put on. so much laugh track on it, and I was like I don't think this is supposed to be funny, guys. <laughs> it I remember it supposed to being being like uh. uh uh, what's like a like a feel good moment? Yes, I agree. I agree. But the la- they they threw laugh track on there, and so it was throwing me off quite a bit. Sure. Um. The other okay. Now I want to address the comments from Kai Dynamite and the the critique of it having to do with like toxic masculinity and misogyny. This episode, almost none of that. I would say this episode was mm. very. Very just like straightforward. Uh, Sheldon did make a few jokes that 
are a little misogynistic, uh, especially mm-hmm. the fact that like I, he made a joke when they were in the emergency room waiting room that was like, oh, Penny, you must be on your period. That's why you're so irritable right now. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. OK, well, fine. <laughs> so there's that. Um, aside from that, like joke, I can't think of another time that it was like overtly sexist or had toxic masculinity displayed in a like significant way. Um, mm-hmm. So the episode that I watched seemed fine, seemed like totally fine on those fronts. Um, I feel like they, mm, they specifically, like I said, the episode is divided up into two pieces. The part where they're camping, we could have been cut from the whole episode in my opinion like (laughs) or maybe it could have been like two minutes out of the whole episode where they got high and it's funny for like one shot they had like six shots of them being high and it's like okay we get it they're high (laughs) oh they have the munchies yep they've got the munchies this so I, i i feel like you don't watch sitcoms that often no almost never (laughs) Which the thing about sitcoms is like they have to do an episode every week. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that's a fair and point. So like sure. A lot of the times some they're just trying to fill time. So yes. I'll I'll acknowledge that. Okay, yeah. There was a lot of dead air. It felt like there was a lot of dead air uh on the episode. Um which yeah, I like it's fine. I get it. Like, I get it if you are f- on board with the characters. It's just fun seeing them in weird situations. Totally yeah. get that. Here's the other thing. We're going to do a compliment sandwich, I think. Because now that I've talked smack, I will okay. say... Love the structure. I will say, I actually very much appreciated the concept. And I, I, you were getting at this last week, but... And you you further elaborated on this in your Reddit post, which I read after I had come to this conclusion. But my first watch in English, I very, <laughs> I very much appreciated that the main characters on this are like actually realistic to like people that I have known in my life that are like socially awkward and mm-hmm. like weird people, like mm-hmm. people that wouldn't be in the mainstream at all and would be seen as like dorky and like not valuable and you put it very i think you put it very well in your reddit post that it's like showing that people who are weird and awkward are still valuable and like have feelings and aren't just like a prop they aren't just like a like a sideshow character in a much bigger plot that's like with the main normal people um right and and the example that i think of a lot actually is i had a friend when i was in college who i was like doing a summer program and i told him about the philosophical concept of determinism as like down to the atomic level and no joke he like didn't leave his room or the bed for like three days because this was such a (laughs) traumatic thing for him to deal with and i i like Saw this episode and was like, oh, yeah, this guy would totally fit in with these fools because right. it's just like a weirdo. He's just kind of weird uh, about like nerdy stuff, about something that's just mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. most people don't even care about. Um, and so I appreciated it. I appreciated that we're like recognizing and celebrating people that are just truly weird in a way that's like, yeah, they're they're actually very weird. Uh-huh. 
So I appreciated that. <laughs> good, good. Love that. That's it. That's all I got. Luke. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Good. I, I was worried that this was the beginning of the compliment sandwich, but it's the end. Nice. No, this is the end. Okay. This is the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah, so that last point, I, I won't elaborate too much more on it, but like, uh, the, the main gist is just like, I don't know, it's, there's, there, there's stereotypes about nerds, um, that they're living out and portraying, which I, which I would say is like true that they're portraying stereotypes. Um, but I also feel like it's largely in a positive light. So uh, that's, that's the, and I think that, uh, that other people have kind of acknowledged that, but the, uh, let's, this is going long. So, so we'll just check out the, check out the Reddit discussion, the videos, um, I think this, the misogynistic parts is is very valid and I think is like a good criticism. So <laughs> so check out the Reddit post, but we got to get to the book. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm glad that you're a big uh, a BBT fan now. Um, yeah, I think we'll start next episode with season three, episode nine. Yeah, we'll just keep going. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I'm not gonna, I'm but not gonna let's talk Rhythm of War. We're about a quarter of the way through. That is so. So we've we've finished part one and the interludes. So we stopped right before part two starts. And for one thing, we just we just came off the short story Don Shard, where we get this new technology. And your like what you said about Don Shard being like very important for this new technology. I kind of thought that they weren't going to actually bring the technology in, but it's like the big thing. It's like the start of this section is them flying a spaceship thing over to, well, it's not a spaceship, but them flying an old bridge to go pick up folks. That's how it opens, right. is a big flying bridge. Right. You gotta read right. these, you gotta read these novellas that are between these books, The novella's guys. crucial. <laughs> I would be pissed if I read this book and then suddenly a flying boat came out of the sky and picked everybody up from Hearth. Hearth yeah. is it is it called Hearthstone? Yes, I think so. Oh man, I'm surprised they got the licensing for that. Frankly, I know, I know. Um, but yeah, because like, I, it's not super clear if you're not like a already in the Cosmere universe that there's a novella between these books. So it'd be, I don't know. To anyone who has anyone who jumped and skipped the novella, tell me about this experience. I'm curious. Right. Um. But but since we're talking about this ship, I I don't know about the name Fourth Bridge. I also don't like it. I'm no. I hate on it, it actually. <laughs> I think you call it like here's the thing. It would work if you could call it Bridge Four, but you can't call it Bridge Four because there's already a Bridge Four, and there's that's too many things named the same. Because then it's like, are you talking right. about the ship or the group of people or the actual bridge that's down on the Shattered Plains? Like, what are you talking about, Bridge 4? Right. And so they've flipped it around and we're like, well, we can call it Fourth Bridge. Then they'll know what we're talking about. It's too many four, Bridge 4 things. This is too many. <laughs> I think that if you're going to honor Bridge 4 in this way, it's it, like you can't just do the exact same name. No. I don't really have an like alternative because uh, I feel like you also can't just change the number. Here's here's the alternative, Luke. You go to Kaladin and you're like, hey bud, you remember all those people who died on the bridge runs before you could make it and be a radiant? 
what are some of their names? And you make the flying ships named after all the dead Bridge Four people that were like, they didn't make it. And Kaladin really respected them and wanted to protect them. So we're going to honor them and their sacrifices by putting them on the ships. Okay. Okay. Well, then you get in trouble because there's currently only one. So you have to choose one name. Okay, fine. But there's going to be more. Yeah, but like, it's like, who's going to be the first one? That that seems like... Kaladin gets to pick. Kaladin, who's the first one? I don't know. I think you go... I think think you go the classic first letter of all the names. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a 50-letter long name. Yeah. I think it works. I don't think that's how you do it. No. I think you get a list of all the old dead bridge four people, and you start naming them based on them. Okay. That seems nice to me. And you're honoring bridge four. You're giving Cowden a way to like remember those people that he couldn't protect because he's such a loser. And I think it's just <laughs> yeah, great. Right. Yeah, I, we don't have to keep talking about this forever. I also feel like it's time to start giving other groups like acknowledgments. Don't get me wrong; like bridge four is very cool. I love bridge four, but like, uh, not everything has to be bridge four. <laughs> I agree. They've they've gone too hard in on Bridge Four, and it's going to be rough when they when Bridge Four turns on them, and they right. become evil, which is coming soon. Yeah, for sure. Spe- okay, spe- since you said that, I know that's not a real theory, but we have to acknowledge that this is finally a book that I have not read in the Stormlight Archive. Um, so we're free. That means we're the theories are getting wild. We're getting wild and loose with them now because Luke can't be sitting over here like, hmm, actually that's wrong, and I'll I'll prove it to you next book. <laughs> which which is what I said a lot. Yeah, yeah, he did. But now I can come with a theory, and Luke can't say shit. Yeah, I'll get involved. He's gonna get involved. That's, that's good because you need enthusiasm. I feel <laughs> desperately, desperately. <laughs> um, before we get to a theory that I do want to talk about, though. Shallan, how long did it take people to be cool with the Shallan thing that's happening? Do you think? Mm. Because it seems the, three pers- the split personalities, the like explicitly split personalities, where you're like, "Oh, I'm not talking to Shallan right now, even though this person is in Shallan's body. I'm talking to Vale." Yeah, that's especially when, as Shallan says herself, this is not a very common thing, and most people don't know what it is. Like. She's looked. Mm. There's very few instances of this ever happening. So, like, this is not like you or I encountering someone who we have a framework for what that is if they're, like, split personality. Like, we know what split personality disorder is. This has got to be tough. Especially, I'm thinking for Adeline. Because he he got married, and then it seemed like very shortly thereafter, Shalon was like, I'm actually three people and the other two are not me at all. Right. So we can't have, we can only have like a relationship one third of the time. Um, yeah, this is like, it does strike me at how everyone accepts it or I guess accept is not the right word, but like everyone is aware and like just going with it instead of super confused. I mean, they're confused, but you know what I mean. Right. Um, I wonder, what do you think? So so she's the first Lightweaver, basically. Yeah. Do you think that this helped, that helps in any way? Mm. 
I do. I think because like you said that people don't have like a framework for it, which is also true for like <laughs> the concept of people being able to change how they look anyway. Well, change how they look in this significant way. People, I mean, they right. they had disguises, I'm assuming, before this. Well, yeah. But I this is a very good point, and I think that it totally does help Shalon. I'm kind of curious if the other light weavers are starting to have issues similar to Shalon's where they're like developing like actual alternative personas or if this just makes Shalon much more perf- like much more effective mm. like much more effective at being a spy you mean right like i feel like the fact that she has literally three different people inside of her makes it way easier to play a role of a different person right especially three that are like good at different things exactly yeah sure whereas if i'm like one of her other lightweaver squires like I have to put. A, I have to pretend like I'm Matthew McConaughey for the weekend. I don't have Matthew McConaughey inside of me. Right. Well. Okay. So the interesting thing I feel about like how radiants form mm-hmm. is that the first radiant of an order is very different from the like subsequent. Ones. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Where like take Shalon for example, she has this super like intense personal history that made her like the embodiment of the like secrets that light weavers keep right and then the rest of them are just like her friends who are have like <laughs> proven themselves totally same thing i mean and this is the same with kaladin too right i think that's an right. even better example because we've seen that in more we've seen that more recently of how like all bridge four is now windrunners and like, right. I don't know. Kaladin definitely has a life where he like really struggled and was like a definition of honor. Whereas, right, and and like you have to, the the first ones have to like plot their own. Kaladin, for example, has to learn the words. Right, right. Before anyone else tell. Whereas the next ones are like, okay, this is the third ideal. I have to like say it at the right time. Right, right, exactly. And, right, so they're blazing the trail for the people that come behind them. And maybe, yeah, so maybe it's just that in order to do that, Shalon kind of had to do this kind of thing. Right. Like, this is how she blazed the trail for people to follow. Yeah, maybe. I'm I'm curious, actually, now, because presumably there's different, there's other Lightweavers, I would guess. Do you think? I don't. No. I honestly I feel like no. I I'm actually leaning that way too. Because I feel like Shalon would know. I feel like Pattern and all the other like uh cryptids would know if some like weird branch was happening somewhere else. Right. So I I feel like I don't think so. I think this is this is okay. it. Okay. Which is pretty impressive for Shalon. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because she was before Yasna, allegedly. No, she wasn't. Oh, wait, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, technically. I don't know. We don't, well, we don't know when Yasna developed her power. Okay, there's a line here from from Shalon that's saying that, like, she had pattern 
before like recorded history of Yasna having her. Yeah, but Yasna oh, that's fair actually. Okay, yeah, yeah, that might be true. That might be true. I mean, way to go Shalon, right? <laughs> Dance team Shalon, as he always has been. Uh, I don't think so. I kind of l- l- be- we're probably going to move on from this. I kind of like the split personalities thing as a thing to read. Uh, <laughs> I think it's fun. I was kind of annoyed by it at parts. I know. I know. I'm just not team Shalon. <laughs> I just can't do it. Um, I do want to move on to a theory, though. Ooh, okay. I mean, I think I've kind of been proven more and more right as time goes on with my theory that the Spren are tyrannical overlords. We're gonna we're gonna do this one again. Well, again, what are you talking about again, Luke? This is like being brought up in the book. Okay, okay, okay. Navani's in her carriage on the way back and gets a note from somebody through an anonymous span read that's like, "Hey, what you're doing with the spren isn't good. Also, don't trust the honor spren." Uh, don't trust the honor spren, huh? Oh, okay. This, yeah. Hmm. Why shouldn't we trust the honor spren? They seem so nice and good and cool. Oh, great. They're tyrants. Okay. They're trying to control people because they have an ulterior motive, Luke. Okay. Okay. So, okay. This is, since it's a new book, let's, let's rephrase your, your theory, which is essentially that in a previous book, Kaladin started losing his powers when he was like, doing the non-honorable thing meaning that the the bond from the honor sprint is like contingent mm-hmm. on i guess whatever the honor sprint thinks on what they define as honor yeah right and they're raising up superhumans in the world to do their bidding mm-hmm. and if you don't like what they have to say well you can suck it and they'll get somebody else and that somebody else will stab you with the spear made of light and you'll die instantly. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong about this. Luke, there's there's just more evidence over time as people are like, hey, honor spread, maybe not so cool. <laughs> Especially when you consider the honor, like the listeners, I guess, were originally worshiping honor. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not, I don't think that necessarily the listeners are bad, but the original listeners like are the fused, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they, they seem bad at this point. Now they're for sure not good. For sure not good. Uh, granted the, it doesn't seem like the heralds are very good either. Right. So they're all just old. They all just are old and need to retire. Let's get some new blood in there, guys. This gerontocracy is killing us. It's really, it's literally killing a lot of them. Yeah. 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 But I, I just want to, I just want to add this to my theory that we've been building. We've been building is that the, the Spren mm-hmm. seem to be kind of tyrannical. Does this extend to all Spren or specifically the Honor Spren? I think it's specifically the Honor Spren. However, I'm not discounting the fact that all Spren could have their own like motives like the cryptids also like the spren form societies like these societies and groups have to have goals that are Mm -hmm. like this is what we want 
from these people. This is why we're sending Spren to do this. So I'm not discounting the fact that maybe the cryptids also have some kind of goal that they're trying to achieve. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But honor Spren for sure. Guys, let him go. It's not worth it. Right. Flying's not worth it. I agree. Join the Skybreakers. Then you just have to like pledge allegiance to some weird code. And you've got to work with the fused, which doesn't seem good. Well, you don't have to. There's literally one that's not. Well, yeah, but there's no repercussions for him not. Okay, Luke, yes, but there's no other Skybreakers. If you want to be a Skybreaker, you have to go through the Herald of Justice. Yeah, at this point, yes, that's true. Right. So, because I, I don't think that Seth is raising up any Skybreakers. Probably not. Okay. Seth has, I forget the name of his sword. Do you remember? No. It's the one that like emits pure darkness though. Yes. Yes. Um, the one thing that I want to say mm-hmm. is that I think there's a hint here from Zahel that this sword can actually kill the fused. Yes, there is for sure a hint here that this can kill the fused. Which I don't have a ton to say about it, but it's, it's just something to note. Uh, we're getting a few examples of ways to kill the fused, right? Mm. We're getting a few, like, suck him into the sword, suck him into a fabrial. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Which also, Luke, if you remember, sounds very similar to an idea that we were, we were cooking up uh, on the pod. A while ago okay remind me well it was the idea that we got to find something for these fuse to do oh okay. we got to give them a fun purpose that's true put them in a cool fabriel we yeah this yeah, is, we talked sure. about they this would, for sure they would love it they, they would, would love it truly love it um and i think this is also getting at something that we've been building at for a while where it seems like people's souls can just become kind of spren-like things. And maybe the spren are all dead people's souls. Right. Well, okay, so he makes a distinction here between spren and, like, what he is. He does, for sure. But he also, throughout this section, we've kind of seen the line blur between spren and, like, the souls of the fused and Mm. like other entities like the lines are Mm. starting to get blurred between these things right yeah so yeah luke i have a question for you okay why why do you think we haven't met somebody who's super crass here's Mm. here's what i mean uh and i can tell you I think the reason why I think we haven't is because Brandon Sanderson doesn't want to write a character who's like, hey, all you fucking shitheads, what are you doing? Right. But, like, when I think about other books we've read, for example, the easiest example to compare this to is, like, uh, Game of Thrones or A Song of Ice and Fire. A lot of the characters in there are so crass. Or, like, the blade itself. There's a lot of just like crass characters. And when I think sure. of taking one of those characters and putting them in one of these books, 
I'm imagining everybody around them just being so embarrassed to hear whatever they have to say. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just a completely different vibe. <laughs> but I get it's a completely different vibe. I feel like we need a little bit of crossover. Like a touch. Like just a touch. Like one guy who is like, oh yeah, that's Crass Dan. <laughs> Crass Dan says some fucked up shit. <laughs> Don't invite Crass Dan to a lot of things, but some things. Right, some things he's kind of fun at. And because I do feel like in those like Crass Grimdark books, there are for sure characters in them who are who would fit in this universe. Like it feels like mm-hmm. there are those characters who are kind of like more proper, more polite. And that contract. Yeah, but I feel like they're also a lot of the times like ridiculed. Okay. Let's have the flip side of that where Crass Dan is like actually like people are asking what he's doing. People are like, hey, Crass Dan, that's not really cool for you to say. We don't do that here. Yeah. Yeah. Because even even the like bad grisliest of folks that we're introduced to. I don't feel like they're that crass. They're like deserters from the army. Yeah. So here's the, here's the question Mm -hmm. now, Mm -hmm. because I like the reason you would be crass in that way, which is our, apparently our new vocab word um, is like, I feel like it's not to be cool, but it's to like portray that you are this sort of person. Yes, for sure. Which has to be the case for some people in this world. Totally. So, like, what is their method of portraying that they are, like, a hard ass? Yes. I guess. Okay. And here's what I'll say. The curse words are different in this world. I'm acknowledging that. So, they're not going to say, oh, I f- this fucking shit sucks. They're going to be like, right. oh, storms, uh, ash, damn it, or something like that. Yeah. I'll acknowledge that. But, like, another element of crass is like sexual innuendo mm. which is consistent like there i think there is sexual innuendo in this universe as well right i the only kind that we well the kind that we've seen the most is like clever between like shallan and someone else right but we've never seen somebody in a duel be like adeline i'm gonna smash your ball sack or something <laughs> which is which is what i would call sexual innuendo yes right right like (laughs) (laughs) you know what i'm saying right yeah no i do i just think that was a funny example there's none of that right there's none of i get Um, that brandon i get that that would be wild for this universe (laughs) like it wouldn't fit it wouldn't fit at all but, like, in yeah. the whole universe of everybody we've met, nobody has been like that? I don't buy it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, I found the answer. All right. So this book that we're reading has been written by the women who are recording history. Okay. It's censored. Right. They're changing the language. So ha- has is this book written this way? Is that what it is? I mean, 
Maybe. <laughs> That's my only explanation for why there's nobody who's like, ah, shit, shit, I just farted so loud I woke up the Stormfather, guys. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. They're trying to make their, they're, they're writing this uh, story for people in other worlds to know what happened on Roshar and they want to make it look good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're going to sugarcoat yep. it a little bit. I think that's smart. I agree. Speaking of smart. Mm-hmm. So Navani, who we get a lot of, I think, in, in a lot of the history of, always is like, yeah, I'm not actually smart. I'm like just helping out real smart people. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's clearly the smartest person in Right? Like, okay, I, the, I will clarify okay, so, so, a little bit. I'll clarify a little bit. She says she's not a scholar and she's just the patron okay. of scholars. I don't think she says she's not smart, but I agree with, I think I agree with your main point here. Yeah. Like, the hardest thing about research is coming up with, like, the ideas. The easiest thing is, like, finding a methodology to test them. I mean, I, Luke, as a graduate student myself, I'm going to take big umbrage with you saying my job is the easiest thing about research. Uh, <laughs> how I will say, however, you get paid a lot more to do the question finding rather than the data collection. So <laughs> I guess I guess that's but fair. like point is point is like. I've. Okay, since since you since you did the, the money thing, like the most valuable scholar is the one that has the like ideas and questions yeah that navani seems to have yes right right which i get that this is a thing about navani being like humble and everything but like the scholars that keep being like oh my gosh thank you so much is because she is genuinely like jump-starting their careers yeah yeah exactly well i mean yeah i I agree with you here. I don't, I'm, this is not a. I don't think this is a criticism of Navani. I think this is a characterization no, no, no. of Navani. Of like, she right. does not recognize how essential she truly is to all of this. Which is like, right. she is so important to all of this. Like, she's not just money. She is so much more than money no. for this organization. And I don't think anybody is truly recognizing the value that Navani brings. Right. I agree. Yeah. Like. We do. We need some Navani appreciation. Like, I like Yasna obviously is very smart as well, mm-hmm. which I'm going to have another note praising Yasna here in a minute. Good. But, like, in, I don't know. They're completely different, uh-huh. but, like, Navani is just as important for the world. Like, when you consider all of the Fabriel technology that's, like, just coming about, yeah. a lot of the. She's, she's maybe not first author on a lot of these papers. But she's last the, author. She's last author on it, most of these papers. Right. This, this is too. This is too. This is too specific. But um, they're not happening without her, and it's not because of her funds. It's because of her like ideas. Yeah, it's her insight. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree with you here. I it bums me out honestly every time Navani is like, "Oh, I'm no scholar. I'm just the queen, so yeah. I have to do my." It's such a bummer because it's like Navani, you're doing so good. 
You're doing so She's good. Doing we need a cool portrait or something painted of you or have a cool mural added somewhere because you're doing yeah. so good, Navani. I'm with you. Also, we, the whole this whole section, we've been reading this lecture she was giving to everybody about how we need open academic mm-hmm. communication in order or for like the benefit of humankind. And yeah. she's like, I'm willing to give up a lot of my secrets for this role. Like, I hope you all will join me. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Navani. Get a round of applause for Navani, everybody. I Yes, I 100% agree. The one thing I'll say mm-hmm. is that, like, the big secret that they're trying to find is a good way to, like, withdraw Stormlight quickly. Yeah. Which I don't... You have, like, the Radiants are everywhere at this point, right? Does it not work with them? Uh, now they get spit on it. They get spit on the Fabriel okay. if they try and suck it out. That's true. Eh, it kind of ruins. It's kind of gross. <laughs> so, that... but but other than other than that, yeah, I think she's she's the original open science person, which we love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the Colin family, I think they might be a little overpowered. A little bit, for sure. For sure. <laughs> like, they seem to be literally the five most important people in the entire world at this point. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say we're getting a bias from them, but, like, they are coordinating basically the entire, like, the important resistance. Right, the entire human from... response is coordinated by the Colin family. Man, I hope we're not getting groupthink. It's a big echo chamber up in Erythru. That's why we got the mink in there. Okay, we should, we should talk about Yasna before we move on to the mink. Okay. The, the, the thing that I wanted to say about Yasna is I'm a big fan of her political let's uh, methodology, I guess, let's say. Mm, tell me In more. terms of, so obviously her like, idea her her like desire to free all the slaves is is good okay that's not i don't i don't think like talking about that is particularly interesting because it's an obvious good yeah i really like that she is like yeah we have to do it now because like everything's in turmoil and like donna's like "Eh, can we just wait a little bit and she says something something along the lines of like if we don't do it now we'll just always say that and it'll never happen i'm a fan of it do stuff (laughs) (laughs) i i agree with you here where everything's in turmoil and yasna sees it as an opportunity to really shake things up in a significant way and dalinar is like yeah but if we do that everybody's going to be really pissed that we've shaken things up and yasna's like yeah that means it's like our only opportunity to do it right like if we don't do it now things are just going to settle back down and and like we're going to go back. We we can't right. go back. We can't go back. And and I also love how she's like, yeah, you should disagree with me in public, too. I'm totally cool with that. And Dalinar's like, uh, okay. Right. Yeah, I think Yasna, I'm excited for Yasna to make these changes. I'm curious to see how, what the response is to the changes. Mm-hmm. Because... I mean, it is going to be huge. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, I'm excited. 
I think this will also like give them a huge opportunity with the the listeners who are like, hey, we don't really want to be slaves mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. There's the 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 idea of setting a good example is very important here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you have like you have this faction in the listeners who are like, I don't want to be part of this war. I just kind of want to live my life. And yeah. if they hear that Queen Yasna is like, hey, we're not doing slavery anymore. We're totally done with it. We're chilling now. I'd consider it. <laughs> I th- th- the only thing I worry about, though, with that is that it could send actually like a negative message where it's like, <laughs> oh, so now that all the slaves are only Alethi, you're freeing them. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about the optics of this. Yeah. Where they're like, oh, well, if we have to enslave our own people, that's no fun. Right, right. It could, like, it could arguably look even more from the outside, even more negative. But yeah, I, I think with the right branding, this could come across very good to the yeah. listeners. Yeah, yeah. It's well, it's all about communication. Mm. There's some propaganda out there. They haven't even thought about that. Meanwhile, the singers have like specialized bodies that are going out and spewing propaganda to people. That's right. Where's the propaganda arm of this campaign for the humans? Yeah. Non-existent. Guys. Yeah. They're not Get Adeline out there. They're not a monolith. Adeline would do so good. Yeah. So likable. <laughs> Before a battle, let's just have Adeline go out there and be like, hey. You guys don't really want to fight, right? Adeline somehow already knows the names of all the enemy's children and is going to ask about them. Adeline pulls up a chair on the battlefield and flips it backwards and puts one leg up on it and kneel and like puts his arm on his knee and looks out at the, the listeners out there and goes, hey, come on over here. Let's have a chat. <laughs> come on over, champ. I like that you're going like youth pastor energy here. Uh, well... Yeah, that's how that's how he he kind of gives me those vibes sometimes. Sure, sure. And especially that's how you're going to get, I think, some listeners on board. Definitely some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. You know what, listeners, you're not going to get on board with this though. I should say fused because they're kind of different. You know what, fused are not going to get on board with this. Which ones? Uh, the nine, because they're literally stuck. So no, no matter how charming Adeline is, there's no way he's getting the nine over. Can we talk about the nine? Okay, let's do it. First question. Who who decided this was the vibe for the nine? Because there was a time where somebody decided, hey, let's make you all stuck in rock up to your uh, maybe neck. We'll see. For some of you, some of you get an arm. Some of you, <laughs> nah. Right, because this is purely symbolic. Yeah, there's no reason that they're stuck in a big stone pillar. It just looks dope as hell. Mm -hmm. How did this happen? How did we get here? I imagine it was some kind of compromise. (laughs) Where, like, there were people that wanted to lead, like too many people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they were like, okay... If I don't get to lead, it at least has to suck to be the one that does. Right, right. They were like, okay, so here's what we want to do. We want to sit 
in this nice palace all day and tell you all what to do and where to fight. And everyone else is like, uh, I mean, I want to do that. Why do you get to do that? <laughs> do you think they came up with it themselves or do you think, do you think they kind of workshopped it with people where they were like, okay, okay, okay. It's we gotta get it. Be a, yeah. It's gotta be a big brainstorming session. Okay. Yeah. So they're all together in the palace this first time that they're figuring this out. And they're like, okay, yeah, that does seem a little unfair that we get to, we get to stay here. So how do we, how do we do it? And then somebody in the back is like, cut off all your arms and legs. And they're like, whoa, <laughs> I don't think so. It's a little extreme. Uh, what right. if we just had to sit in these couches all day and we had our meals brought to us? <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's the way that it happens. Do you think they figured out before or after they started doing it that they couldn't feed them? That seems like an after thing. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a tough discovery, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's funny that like obviously this is the however many iteration of this. Yeah. And they were like, I like I'm sure that it was like something they just didn't consider. <laughs> and now they had a workaround. <laughs> they get them like but now they're like, you know what? Let's keep it. They get them like bound up in these stone pillars like a day goes by or so. And they're like, oh, I'm getting pretty hungry. Hey, can I get a grilled cheese? Can I get a grilled cheese up here real quick? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, oh, thank you. Thank you. So if you could feed it to me too, I'm one of the ones that didn't get any arms. So yeah, I'd love that. <laughs> mm, delicious. Thank you. They finish half of it and they're like, uh, I'm going to need you to drill a hole in this, in this <laughs> pillar for me. Just one. Yeah, I could do it with just one. <laughs> yeah mm. but i guess no food no hole so that's nice yeah we're all about practicality here i had another i really liked this this uh meeting by the way mm. i thought it was cool to see like the history and like traditions that they have because mm -hmm. we we really only get them as a group that comes in and tries to murder everybody like every now and then. Yes. Yes. But they really have all of these cool, like there's legends among them that are like a super cool storyline. I'm sure I'm assuming we're not going to get a ton of them, but it's cool. I agree with you. I love this. I think it's very cool. The only thing that I was super annoyed by was the fact that they're, like voice has to knock on the ground before they speak mm. and has to just intuit when the person wants to talk like just talk yeah that's you, tough why do you have to have a per like a person pound a thing on the ground and then you talk just like talk what are we doing i i agree with you on the outset however i feel like it's it's probably practical in some way where the meetings were just getting out of hand. Yeah, but... And so they had to inst inst like put in some rules. Luke, we've only gotten the perspective... They don't want to filibuster either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but Luke, we've only got the perspective of one of the fused who is pretty sane. Imagine being the voice of one of mm. the many fused who is fully insane. Okay. How are you knowing when to tap your scepter on the ground? How are you being like, oh, yeah, when they wink their eyes twice and shake their head and then nod their head and then shake their head again, that means they want to talk. 
That one's tough. Because I don't know which way is playing it safe. Right. Is it never knocking or is it always knocking? I mean, oh, I might have just come full circle on this. I might love it now. Okay. Here's why I love it. The crazy ones don't ever get to talk. Ooh. Okay. So the the voice of the crazy ones have been like instructed by the non-crazy ones to just never knock. Yeah. The voice of the crazy ones is just like, yeah, none of these signals are indicating that they really want to say anything. So they're not saying anything. Okay. And okay. for the good of this whole so gathering. The, the, the mechanism of knocking was brought about to keep the insane ones from talking in the meetings. It, I think that's true. Yeah. Exactly. It's like you have to have somebody vouch for you before you can speak up. That's like, oh, yeah, this person's cool. Their their point might make any sense. Yeah. Um, ooh. I like it. I like it. Because then you don't have to do the awkward thing of being like, do we invite them? I don't want to invite them. They're going to ruin the meeting. But then they're going to be upset if we don't invite them. Right. He's going to be pissed if we don't let him go off and try and murder that guy who killed him. Because he's been doing it for thousands of years. It's kind of his thing. It's the one thing he's got. He keeps ruining all of our plans, but it's kind of cool. So I don't know. (laughs) The legend's kind of worth it. Yeah. It was an interesting meeting. Here is my second question about the nine. Okay. What what do you think it takes for one of them to be like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Like, how many years do you have to have an itchy nose and not be able to scratch it before you're like, I quit. I'm killing myself and starting over. Well, for one thing, let me say that you they can pretty easily just quit and start over. Yes. Sure. Um, so then is it is it the, is the barrier to entry very low? Is it like, uh, I've got something in my eye. I'm going to get a new, I'm going to get a new fuse. Well, the follow-up question is like, if you do this, are you out of the nine? Ooh, I don't think so. I think the nine are like. Then I feel like it's happening all the time. <laughs> this is a good point. Yeah, it can't be that every time one of them sees somebody walk by with cotton candy and they're like, ooh, I want some of that. Right. Then they're just backing out. Oh man. But you got to give up your position if you want if you want that cheeseburger. I get the sense though that they're like the same nine. Um yes. Which means it's worth it. <laughs> You're saying it's got like they've got like a massage feature built into these pillars? Right. Yeah. There's some perks that we aren't seeing. Um, yeah, I think that, I think, I think that you can't, you just can't, you can't just quit and then get it again. No, that's not fair. The The whole point of this was to punish, to like make it kind of shitty. Right. You're saying if they can just leave whenever they want, it's not really as shitty as it should be. Right. Yeah. That's true. Okay. That's true. That's true. They're stuck there and... Although, if you can quit at any time, is there a waiting list for, like, who's next? Mm. I don't think so. I feel like there's probably an election. You, uh, Luke, there's no way. Wait, is wait, Odium's here. Odium's picking. What am I talking about? Oh, yeah, right? Odium's picking. Okay, yep, done. How do they have any power? 
Isn't Odium just making all the decisions? Odium seems to be making most of the decisions, yeah. Okay. But I think they're working on the day-to-day stuff, you know. And a lot of change can happen on the on the small scale, Luke. That's that's true. That's true. They're they're coordinating like caravan routes and stuff. Don't discount local um, elections. <laughs> you got to keep an eye on them. There is a small detail here, Luke, that I'm 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 going to move us on from the 9. There's a yep. small detail here that is really quickly glanced over but i think deserves a lot of attention okay that's what they did to the gemstone that houses the thrill did you did you figure out what they did here yeah we dumped it in the ocean they took this gemstone full of a powerful unmade spread and dumped it in the ocean do you want commando sharks because this is how you get commando sharks Okay, so is is your idea that it's going to impact the the sea life or that someone's going to go get it? Okay, f- number one, yes. It's definitely impacting the sea life. Like, these fish are constantly fighting now. And we're just going to... Ten years are going to pass and we're going to get fish that are just, like, the bloodthirstiest of all, kind, of all time. Of course, yeah. That's number one, okay? And that's... You're just creating a problem for yourself down the line. Number two... Yeah, this is not a safe place to hide it. This is like, you just left it out for anybody. You don't know what's down there in the ocean. Maybe there's mermaids or whatever. And maybe they're on the side of the void bringers. And it's like, oh, yeah, remember Mm -hmm. that thing that took so much effort for you to capture and imprison? We're going to use it against you again because our buddies in the ocean (laughs) found it for us. Oh, you didn't know void bringers could swim really good? Ah, uh, you should have should have studied more about that. Well, like even even the radiance can don't need to breathe underwater. <laughs> the void- At a certain point, I'm assuming the pressure like causes an issue, but I yeah, but unconfirmed. The void bringers have like porpoise form, where they can just be dolphin and go get whatever they want from the ocean. They've got yeah. carapace that could probably help with the pressure. This was not thought through for the long term consequences of just dumping this shit in the ocean right it's not your trash heap guys save the turtles from murdering each other when they're empowered by the thrill right no i agree with you here ridiculous guys ridiculous we're gonna we're gonna do a couple more quick first i'm incredibly excited for some reason that erythra is transitioning to renewable energy did you also get excited about this? Um, okay. For some reason, I'm not I'm not thinking what you're talking about with renewable energy. Navani is talking about how they're going to power all their stuff. And she's talking to these scholars. And the scholars are like, it takes so much manpower to like push one of these barges. Mm. How are we going to do it for like a whole fleet? And Navani's like, right. have you heard of wind power, my friend? <laughs> she's like, there's all this energy we're not capturing. Let's capture it. I was so excited about this just because of how relevant yes. it is. <laughs> That's true. This is very true. Um, I'm excited for it as well. I have a question though. Have they not found a good way to just turn stormlight into like mechanical energy? No. So they haven't found that yet. Okay. Okay. Because this is explicitly they said, do, like yeah. Dalinar's role is now just that. Right, he becomes the power plant. 
Yeah. Dalinar becomes a nuclear power plant who we really hope doesn't melt down because that could be catastrophic. Oh, no, 100%. This is true. It is wild that they haven't thought of, like, just using regular, like, for example, the thing that Navani is suggesting about raising up weights using the storm and then lowering them back down to do work, you don't need Mm -hmm. stormlight to do that. That's just a physics thing. Right, which they don't, they don't, they're not using. No, but like, y'all, how did it take us this long to figure out we could capture energy? Like, I, yeah. We've had civilization for a while now, and we've just been well, letting the, the high storms go by? I guess so, but I also don't know if they've had a way to convert like potential energy into something useful. Yeah, but like drawing water from a well is something that, like, in our universe, people have been doing for a very long time using wind power. Okay. I, okay, and maybe they don't have a purpose. Maybe they don't have a reason to do it because they're getting all this rain from the high storms. I don't know. It just feels to me like, guys, potential energy has existed since forever. How are we not taking advantage of this? Right. No, yeah, that's fair. That's so fair. I'm excited for this renewable energy future that we're that we're headed mm-hmm. towards. Right, renewable energy, um, local farming, all this stuff. Sustainability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Know your farmer. Last thing. Speaking of knowing, speaking of knowing someone, how are we this cool with Mink this quickly? I feel like we need to have so much skepticism towards Mink and Brandon threw him in here like, oh, yeah, you're going to love this guy. You're going to love this guy. He's great. He's been the general who's been fighting the void bringers, the fused. And everybody's yeah. going to suddenly trust him. Guys, you don't know who this guy is at all. This here's the thing here's the thing that's even crazier he's not even just a guy who's good at military strategy he also has like a near magical ability to disappear when he wants to right which i will say is very annoying it's also extremely suspicious if it's like i literally was watching him nonstop, and then he suddenly was no longer there yeah like what magic powers do you have, Mink? I'd love to hear about them. This is fair. This is fair. Um, I'm not going to lie. I trusted him very easily as well. <laughs> I also love Mink. Yeah. Because he's very cool. <laughs> he's he's kind of cool. I this mean, is the problem. <laughs> he's too cool. He's perfect. He's the perfect spy. Yeah. He is a perfect spy. Yeah. He also, since we now know that, like, the Voidbringers can do their own version of light weaving. And it's like, okay, we really want this mink guy. They're searching for him. Here he is in their camp. We're trusting a little bit too much. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say their only justification for why they don't think you can light weave in Erythru is that they haven't seen anybody do it yet. Yeah, I don't think that's a good safety strategy, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Again, we got to start asking questions. Mm. 
mm-hmm. which they the are password today <laughs> right they are working on that to their credit yeah but in the meantime they've brought the mink in to their private meeting chambers and gave him access to all of their high-level military records so uh maybe that's a wash yeah yeah who's to say all right luke so we're gonna be getting into part two next week maybe even further we'll see we'll see what what we get to in the first half um you know i i'm pretty excited we didn't talk about it this episode but i'm excited we've got some of our some of our fan favorites back in the mix specifically wit but oh yeah but i am i'm hoping he starts to throw out a few more a few more hot takes and starts being a dumb 